Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Dead America, Seattle, Part 5. Dead America, The Northwest Invasion, Book 7. Written by Derek Slayton. Narrated by Aaron Smith. Chapter 1. Day Zero, Plus 25. Watch that window! Watch that window! The wounded soldier screamed, and began to fire his pistol as fast as he could with his good arm. His left dangled to the side, an angry bite wound at the bicep. His heart pounded, spreading the sickness through him faster and faster. His panic fire didn't do much to stem the tide, as the entire front window of the big box store had been shattered, crushed under the pressure of hundreds of zombies now pouring into the building. Several of his teammates pressed shopping carts against the horde in an attempt to hold them back. We need more guns on the line, he yelled but it fell on deaf ears. Nobody could do anything but react, try to survive. Private Janie Watts ducked down behind a register, completely overwhelmed, clutching her rifle with white knuckles. Gunfire erupted from every direction of the store as her unit was totally overwhelmed by zombies. Glass shattered on the other side, and dozens more creatures poured in, swallowing a couple of troops who had stood their ground to try to stem the tide. Oh, God, they're in the aisles! Somebody screamed from the back of the store, and several shots rang out, followed by agonized screams. Watts blinked rapidly, her breath catching in her throat at the terror in the man's voice as he succumbed to death. Watch the flank! Somebody yelled from her right, much closer. They're coming around the other side! Sustained fire followed, but soon stopped. Watts zoned out her mind having a hard time processing everything that was happening. They were going to die here. She was going to get eaten alive by undead monsters. She could already feel them tearing at her flesh, ripping her meat from her bones and smacking their lips at the taste of her blood. What? somebody cried, shaking her from her reverie. To your feet, soldier! She tried to shake her fear, getting to her feet on trembling legs. Four soldiers struggled against the carts as the horde pushed against them, and a ghoul managed to grab a hold of an arm, pulling it in for a snack. Blood splattered across the carts as the man screamed, jerking back, his leg tangling in the carts as he fell to the ground. He tried to flip himself over, but the zombies overwhelmed him within seconds. Let's get out of here, somebody cried, and the other three cart soldiers broke rank, moving away from the window. The wounded soldier with the dead arm barked orders, reloading his handgun and firing again, hitting several creatures at point-blank range. A few of the zombies on the pile peeled off, moving towards a new target. He kicked one in the chest, sending it tumbling to the ground. This gave him enough of an opening to point his gun at his fallen comrade and shoot him in the head. Watts watched in horror, watching someone she'd just spoken to hours before be put down like a dog to avoid being reanimated as an even more brutal undead corpse. She clutched her assault rifle tightly, 
unable to raise it as if her arms were made of lead. Her only defense was to remain motionless in the shadows, hoping that the ghouls would pass by. A few did just that, wandering further into the store, but one caught a glimpse of a fresh meal and turned towards her, mouth opening. What screamed as the decrepit ghoul in tattered sweatpants staggered towards her? She froze, unable to fight, unable to do anything, and then the zombie's head exploded, sending rotted brain matter everywhere. She stayed still, stunned, blinking at the now unmoving corpse. If you want to live, you have to fight, the wounded soldier barked, and she looked up at him as he raised his handgun and fired a few more times. He glanced back at her and then turned, slamming his gun on the register counter and grabbing her by the shirt collar. He jerked her forward, grabbing the barrel of her assault rifle and aiming it towards the mass of zombies less than ten yards from them. Either you pull that trigger, or we both die right now, he yelled. Watts stared at him, terrified, noticing that he wasn't picking up his gun to fight anymore. His arm was covered in blood, hanging dead, the bite wound starting to coagulate. He was dead no matter what, which put her dire situation into perspective. She finally raised her gun, squeezing the trigger and putting a single round into a zombie near the shopping carts. It ripped through the ghoul's chest, sending it stumbling back over the other bodies. There you go, the soldier said, waving to her. Now come on, let's get to the back. He picked up his gun and fired a few more times towards the window, the zombie struggling to move past the mass that had clustered over the dead soldier to feast. He led her down the checkout line deeper into the store. Watts raised her assault rifle, steeled herself, and followed. It was large, a giant grocery plus department store. Outside of the light coming from the few skylights and the front windows, it was very dim inside, making it difficult to see very far. The two ran parallel with the front of the building, trying to make it to a cross aisle. As they went, there was yelling and gunfire coming from various points in the store, but it was far less than it had been just a few minutes prior. The soldier led Watts to the first cross aisle, which led to the back of the store. As they came around the corner of the shelving unit, the soldier ducked back behind cover, grabbing her and pulling her to safety. They peered around the edge, seeing a feeding frenzy in the center about fifteen yards down. There were a dozen or so ghouls hunched over a body, tearing and ripping and chewing. The soldier leaned into Watts and whispered, We have to fight through them, at least enough to get by. What about another aisle? she whispered back. He shook his head. We had forty men when we came in here, he said quietly, and pointed up. Listen, do you hear much gunfire or screams or anything? Watts strained her ears, only hearing a single sustained gunfire coming from the other side of the store. She swallowed hard, knowing that their situation had gone from dire to desperate. She nodded jerkily. Good, the soldier replied. Come on, we're going to make it. They came around the corner, guns aimed at the zombie buffet. They inched forwards, ready to open fire as soon as the ghouls noticed them. A few aisles down, moans erupted from the right, and the wounded soldier whipped in that direction, quickly squeezing the trigger a few times while backing up. Two zombies in military fatigues came tearing towards them, sprinting. His panic fire hit the lead one in the torso several times, and one managed to find a forehead, dropping the second one. The lead runner reached him with a shriek, latching onto his shoulder. He let out a blood-curdling scream before putting the barrel of his gun against its head, 
pulling the trigger at point-blank range. He slumped to one knee, handgun clattering to the floor as he pressed his good hand against the fresh wound. He pulled it back and stared at his slimy crimson palm, letting out a frustrated yell. Before he could get up, Watts opened fire on the feeding pile. Some of them had broken off from the noise, heading for the wounded soldier. Her shots were off target, mostly hitting them in the chest. But it was enough to force them to stagger back a bit. She rushed over to her fallen comrade, grabbing him under the arm and pulling him up. Come on, we're good, we're good, she urged, and he nodded, even managing a slight smile. They raced down the aisle to the left, moving away from the lumbering group now giving chase. As they approached the far end, which led to the outer wall of the store, several more ghouls staggered around the corner, one of which was in military gear. At the sight of a potential runner, both Watts and the wounded soldier raised their weapons and fired, concentrating their attention on the fresh corpse. Several direct hits exploded its head in a spectacular fashion, enraging the other three zombies next to it. The duo moved toward, getting within a few yards to maximize their aim before pulling the trigger. Within seconds, the path was clear. They reached the aisle on the outer edge of the store with a relatively clear path to the back, only a few zombies staggering about. They moved at a quick pace, with Watts aiming downrange while the wounded soldier cleared each aisle as they passed. She focused, taking better care in her aim before firing, hitting the next two targets in the head. There you go, the wounded soldier said shakily. Let your training take over. She nodded her confidence building with each step. When they reached twenty yards off the back wall, they took each aisle carefully, clearing it. The final three were free of zombies, but the back wall was a mess. They ducked behind cover, using the final shelving unit, and looked out at the dozen creatures, half of which were in military gear. The ghouls were fighting over scraps of a corpse on the floor, blocking the double doors to the loading dock behind them. Watts glanced behind them, seeing that their followers were still about thirty yards back, giving them a few moments to figure out their plan. How do we do this? she whispered. The wounded soldier dropped the mag in his handgun and struggled to reload it with one hand. Watts grabbed the gun and helped him out, handing it back when it was fresh. Thanks, he gasped. She nodded firmly. Sure thing. It's far too narrow for us to fight our way through, the soldier said quietly. We're going to have to go around. Watts pursed her lips. What about those runners, though? She asked. There's too many of them by the door. He looked again and then faced her. How fast are you? I'm not going to win any medals, she admitted. But I wouldn't finish dead last, either. Okay, this is what we're doing, the soldier said, wincing as he raised his gun. I'm going to start shooting and pull them this way. We go down this aisle and sneak into the back before they can circle around. Watts was a little concerned about the plan, but nodded, as it was the best they could come up with in the next sixty seconds, which was all the time they would have. The soldier rounded the corner, aiming his gun at the horde. Go! Now! he yelled. Watts took off as he opened fire, shooting five times almost blindly into the pack, unconcerned with headshots. Within seconds, the runners in the group pushed past the slow ones, making a beeline for him. Watts looked back over her shoulder, watching her companion follow her as quickly as he could, wincing with pain as he pumped his bite-infested arms. She reached the end of the aisle, doing a quick sweep in either direction. As she looked to the right towards the front of the store, 
there was a group of zombies, one of which wore military fatigues. It let out a scream and ran for her. Watts raised her assault rifle and began firing, pulling the trigger as fast as she could. The bullets ripped into the torso of the running ghoul, doing little to slow it down. She adjusted her aim higher, hitting it in the throat just before it tackled her. She tumbled to the ground, her rifle crushed against her. She pushed up with it, acting as a barrier between her face and the gnashing teeth above. She strained to keep the zombie away, snapping within a hair of her face. As she struggled, several shots came out of the aisle, hitting the creature in the back. This distracted the zombie momentarily, and it whipped over to look at the new threat. The wounded soldier fired into its face, dropping it on top of Watts. She struggled to shove the unmoving corpse on top of her, smearing blood all over herself in the process. Move, move, move! The soldier barked as he turned, firing down the aisle at the runners still in pursuit of them. Watts thrashed, finally managing to free herself from the weight of the ghoul and leapt to her feet. She tore for the double doors and into the back-loading dock, realizing too late that she'd forgotten her rifle in her panic. The wounded soldier broke from his firing position, running after her with the zombie still in hot pursuit. Watts rushed through the door, looking around and noting the back area was mostly clear with only a half-dozen slow movers near the back wall. Her companion burst in through the double doors, quickly followed by a couple of runners. One of them grabbed his bad arm, jerking him back towards the door. It sunk its teeth into his hand, claiming a couple of fingers. The soldier screamed in pain before shooting the munching monster in the face. The other one tackled him, sending him to the ground, giving it a chance to bite into his chest. He fired several shots at point-blank range, killing it. Oh, God! Watts groaned as she rushed over. Come on, we're almost there! She grabbed him by the collar, pulling him towards the small office at the back, about ten yards away. As she pulled... Another runner burst in and the soldier fired a few more shots, missing the head badly. The zombie sprinted for them, but Watts managed to pull her companion inside the office, slamming the door shut just before the runner smacked into it. There was a single large window inside with the blind shut, and another window on the door. She stood up, looking the dead soldier in the eyes, seeing nothing resembling human left in their milky depths. As it banged on the door, desperate to get in to eat her, she closed the blinds, shielding them from the outside. The wounded soldier let out a cough, rolling to spit blood onto the linoleum. Watts knelt and helped him sit up, leaning him against the wood-panelled wall. She sat down on the floor across from the lone desk as the runner continued to slam against the other side. Well, the soldier said hoarsely, it's not the comfiest spot I've ever taken a woman to, he coughed, but it will keep you safe. Watts blinked rapidly, her chest tightening. I... I can't thank you enough, she swallowed hard. And I... I feel so ashamed to say this, but I don't even know your name. He cracked a smile, coughing a little more, the life quickly leaving his pallid face. It's Larry, he said weakly. And if it's any consolation, I didn't know your name until yesterday. That was only because another soldier was talking about how good your ass looked and pointed you out. They shared a small laugh, and her cheeks pinked a bit. Well, Larry, Watts said, lacing and unlacing her fingers in front of her. It's good to know I made an impression on you. He managed a weak smirk. Your ass did look good, he admitted. I'm just saying. They laughed again, 
but Watts's quickly dissolved into tears as the weight of her situation came crashing down on her all at once. Hey now, Larry said, save those tears. Don't you dare waste them on me. I'm just a grunt doing what a grunt does. He coughed again. Knew this going in, he paused. Granted, I thought it would be an IED or an ambush that got me, not zombies. But it is what it is. She took a deep breath to compose herself, wanting to honor his last wish. She could easily see that the life was seeping out of him quickly, the blood pool beneath him growing larger. She drew her handgun slowly, setting it in her lap. Her lips pressed into a thin line. She didn't want to have to do this, but she knew she had to. He wouldn't want to be a zombie, and she didn't need another runner in here with her. The thought of putting a bullet in this man's brain made her stomach tighten. He'd saved her life, and how was she going to repay him? By shooting him like a dog? Her mouth went dry. Larry held up his good hand. No, put that away, he rasped. It was my dumbass that got bit. I'll handle it. But... Watts trailed off, chewing her lip. Part of her was relieved, because she didn't want to have to do it. But to make the man take his own life? That felt so callous. Stop, he said. The only thing I want to focus on is surviving. We radioed in our position before things went to shit, so somebody should be here in a couple of hours for you. She lowered her gaze. And if they're not? Then do me proud by surviving any way you can, he replied. She looked at him, stealing her gaze. You have my promise, Larry, she said as firmly as she could muster. He forced a smile and then waved his hand for her to look away. It's about that time, he said, and I don't think you're going to want to see this. She nodded jerkily. Thank you, she whispered. Any time, he said. She turned her head away, and out of the corner of her eye, she saw the muzzle flash light up the side of the small room. The deafening boom was like a nail in a coffin, followed by the clatter of metal as the gun hit the floor. The sound seemed to echo inside of her head, and it was as if she couldn't control her eyes, turning back to look at him. Normal dead bodies looked so peaceful in sleep. Maybe if he wasn't covered in gory wounds and blood, he would have looked peaceful. His eyes were closed, but the carnage was sickening. Several more zombies joined the runner at the door and window, the pounding growing louder and louder. Watts curled her legs up to her chest, letting the tears flow as she stared at her dead friend. She hoped he'd found peace, away from the pain, away from the exhaustion of fighting a losing battle, and then using his last moments to save her life. She hoped he'd forgive her for weeping for him now, there was nothing else she could do in that moment. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. 
After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Chapter 2 Watts checked her watch, 11.37am. It had been three and a half hours being stuck in the small office with Larry's unmoving corpse. They should have come by now, she thought, scrubbing her hands down her face. There was nothing. No rescue, no gunshots in the distance, only the shuffling feet and occasional moan from zombies in the loading dock. The only positive thing going for her at the moment was that the zombie runners had given up on having her for brunch and wandered away. I don't think they're coming. The thought was terrifying, and she wanted nothing more than to just curl up in a ball. But she couldn't stay here. If nobody was coming for her, she'd die of dehydration in here. Or the zombies would succeed in breaking down the door and get at her, and what used to be Larry. Her heart rate tripled at the thought. She couldn't just sit here. She had to get out and find a unit, any unit, to get her back to safety, or as much safety as could be guaranteed in the apocalypse. She sat and contemplated for a few moments before digging into her back pocket, pulling out a folded-up satellite image of the area. She studied it, placing her finger on a circled shopping center. The suburb of Kenmore was nestled at the northern tip of Lake Washington, right on the highway that led straight to the interstate. Their breakaway group of five hundred had pushed forward from the town of Redmond that had been cleared out the day before, with the intention of making this place a diversion point. While Watts didn't have the full details of the mission, rumour had it that there was a huge group of zombies coming up from downtown, attracted by the intense fighting to the north. Some sort of blockade had been tried and failed, which was why they'd been sent pushing ahead. Not sure what they were thinking, she muttered under her breath. But whatever it was, they didn't put much thought into it. She tapped the circled store at the north end of the suburb, a good three-quarters of a mile away from the highway, and the last major store before the massive residential area started up. It was hard to tell where Kenmore ended and the next subdivision suburb began, but it really didn't matter since her only goal was to get back to the command centre. She traced her finger down the main road to the highway, then to the east half a mile or so, finally stopping on a building a couple blocks to the north of it. She stared at the roof of the building, a large warehouse that they'd taken pretty easily upon their arrival just before dawn. That's where I have to get to, she thought. No more than a mile or so. Come on, Janey, you can do this. It'll be just like playing hide-and-seek with the other kids in the neighborhood. Only, if you get tagged, you die. She couldn't help but chuckle. Okay, so it's an extreme version of the game, but the concept is still the same. Move quick and don't get touched. Her attempt at a pep talk to herself fell flat, and she let out a deep sigh. She took out her handgun and inspected it. If something does get close, this should help. She removed the mag, seeing it was mostly full. She patted her side, feeling one additional magazine for it before putting her hand on the knife sheathed on her belt. Really wish I hadn't left that rifle behind, she thought bitterly. 
but if you hadn't, you'd probably be like poor Larry over there, or every other member of your squad. Watts pulled herself off of the ground, stretching a bit to work out some of the cramps from sitting for so long. She moved over to the door, carefully pulling back the blinds so she could see out into the darkened loading dock. There were a few zombies milling about, none of whom wore military gear. Well, at least there aren't any runners, she thought. That I can see at any rate. She holstered her handgun and drew her knife, wanting to save every precious round she could. She glanced back at Larry, jaw clenched as she took in the back of his head blown out. She took a moment to silently thank him before turning back to the door. Okay, just have to run across, throw open the door, and get outside, she thought. Nothing to it. She readied herself, taking a few deep breaths to calm her nerves before making the move. She carefully unlatched the lock and opened it as slowly and quietly as she could. A third of the way open, the hinge started to creak a little, and she seized up. Two zombies in the loading dock turned towards the noise. Watts remained motionless, hoping they'd forget what they'd heard. Several tense moments passed before they decided there was nothing there, and turned back around, shuffling into the darkness. She let out a deep breath and steadied herself, focusing on the locked door across the dock, about twenty yards away. She took a deep breath, pushed the door open, the creak alerting the same two ghouls. This time, however, she didn't hesitate, darting out from cover and tearing for the loading door. The duo of monsters moaned loudly and began to shamble towards her. The noise they made attracted the attention of several other ghouls down the way, who made excited noises and ambled after them. Watts rushed to the door, grabbing the large bolt-style lock and throwing it open. She turned the knob and pushed, but the door was still locked. Panic-stricken, she searched the door, finding an additional deadbolt underneath the handle. As she fumbled with it, rapid footsteps pounded from the far end of the dock, echoing on the concrete. She grunted as she finally freed the deadbolt, gripping the knob. She made the mistake of looking over her shoulder to see a runner pushing through the slower-moving creatures, knocking them this way and that and closing fast. Watts quickly turned the knob, relieved when the door freed itself, sunlight pouring through the crack as she pushed it open. She quickly darted to the other side, slamming the door shut behind her as the runner smacked into it. She threw her weight into the door even though it was solidly shut, more of an instinctual reaction than a rational one. The creature thrashed violently on the other side, desperate to get at her. Moans erupted from outside and what snapped back into the moment to see the area behind the building was littered with zombies. A dozen, maybe a few more, scattered all about and coming her way. She let instinct take over, hopping down from the top of the small stairs and hitting the pavement, running away. A quarter of the way down the building, a thought hit her. She didn't know where she was going. There was an eight-foot-high chain-link fence to her right, keeping her in an alley with no idea what was on the other side, and she had no way to know what was standing in her way to get to the command centre. Watts whirled around, staring at the zombies shambling her way before spotting a lone truck backed up against the building. It was close enough to the stairs that she could climb on top and pull herself up to the roof. I need to know what I'm getting into, she thought and squeezed her knife tightly before running back to the stairs. There were three zombies spread out across the back alley between her and the stairs, with the rest not far behind. She ducked around them with relative ease, making the turn for the stairs. Before jumping over to the truck, she turned and took in the congregation forming at the base of the stairs. 
She shook it off, ignoring it and leaping over to the truck, struggling to pull herself to the top of it. Finally, after a tense moment, she rolled on top of it, laying on her back for a moment to let the sun-baked metal warm her skin. That feels nice, she breathed, and enjoyed being alive for a beat before sitting up. She looked down at the stairs, ten zombies reaching and clamoring for her. She glared at them, and then turned on her heel, heading for the roof and pulling herself up the last few feet. Watts held her breath as she crossed the roof, battling the dread at what she would see. Her heart sank as she came within twenty yards of the edge, already seeing zombies flooding the parking lot despite it being far back from the entrance. The rest of the walk sunk her spirit. When she finally reached the edge, she looked out over a sea of thousands of zombies, all crammed against the front of the building even though the treats inside had been long devoured. At least the diversion kind of worked, she thought bitterly, and sat down. She pulled out her map, making sure she was looking to the south, and found some landmarks so she could plot her course to the command center. She looked out, but every landmark was surrounded by an ocean of zombies. Thousands, maybe even tens of thousands. Nothing but rotted flesh waiting on the smallest hint of life to chase after. That's disheartening, she muttered. She strained her ears, struggling to hear anything over the constant moaning. No gunshots, no vehicles, no nothing. Just moans from the damned. Watts turned around and headed to the north end of the roof. On the other side of the chain-link fence was a residential area covered in trees. She tried to look through the trees to see any movement, but it was difficult to tell. Well, can't be any worse than what's out front, she said with a sigh. She shook her head, knowing she'd have to go north and take the long way around to the command center. Glancing down, the zombies by the truck had increased their numbers to around twenty, most of them still near the stairs, but several spread out as well. She studied the area, trying to figure out how to get over the tall fence, as well as how to get back to the ground safely. She'd been hoping there was something that could cause a noise on the ground to distract them, but nothing was viable. The only option she had was to hop down off of the front of the truck and use the momentum to get to the fence. There were a few zombies within ten yards of the front, so she'd have to land perfectly. Watts carefully climbed down onto the back of the truck, staying low and moving quietly, so that the ones at the front wouldn't pay her any attention. When she reached the front, she looked down and saw one of the creatures had wandered mighty close. She debated with herself for a moment about whether or not to use her handgun, but ultimately decided on the silent approach. She slid down the front windshield of the truck, squeaking on it and drawing the attention of the ghoul in front. She went for it, leapt down off the front of the truck, thrusting her knife downwards. The force of the impact jammed the blade into the top of the creature's head up to the hilt as they both tumbled to the ground. The noise attracted the other zombies who immediately began wandering towards her. She quickly put her foot on the dead creature's shoulder and pushed so she could free her blade. After a few tense seconds, it finally came free. She didn't have time to sheathe it, so she tossed it over the fence and raced towards it. She leapt up and began climbing, reaching several feet off of the ground as the first creature hit the chain link. It reached up and grabbed the bottom of her boot, but she kicked it free and kept climbing. She got to the top and flipped over, falling down the other side and landing on her feet. She quickly scrambled for the knife, grabbing it and hopping into a crouched position, chest heaving. She frantically looked around, finding herself in an empty fenced-in backyard. 
Moans and smacking and rattling came from the chain-link fence behind her, but she was relatively safe for the moment, and took a beat to collect herself. She leaned over, hands on her knees, taking in a few deep breaths, and then straightened, squaring her shoulders. Okay, Janie, get moving. Chapter 3 Watts rummaged through the pantry in the quiet two-bedroom family home. She was relieved to find some bottled water and gulped it down to moisten her parched throat. She used a little from the bottom to wash away some residual blood caked on her face, and then tossed the empty plastic aside. She grabbed another and cracked it open, sitting at the kitchen table. She pulled out the satellite image of the area and sipped a lot slower at the water as she plotted her course. Okay, I'm a few blocks north from where I started, she murmured to herself, tracing her fingers along the map as she spoke. If I go due east, I'll get to the woods in half a mile or so. Then it's a straight shot south. She tapped her finger on the wooded area, large in scale, looking like it was about the same size as the entire residential area she was currently in. Just hope there are some trails through here, she said, chewing her bottom lip. She took another sip of water and then folded up the map, carefully pocketing it. She headed for the front window, peering out at a handful of zombies wandering around in the yards across the street. She shook her head. Like a hot girl on the dance floor. I just can't stop attracting attention, she thought with a sigh. She moved towards the front door, but paused at the sight of a deer head mounted above the fireplace. Wonder if you were a hunter, she murmured, and then headed for the closet, opening it up. There was nothing but jackets and a vacuum cleaner, so she moved through the house, checking every closet in every room, finally coming to the master bedroom. She opened the door and it looked like a budget safari. Several animal heads adorned the walls. Deer, bears, even a large tiger-skin blanket on the bed. She wrinkled her nose at the tackiness, almost too much for her to bear. Guessing you didn't do much entertaining, she said, and stepped into the room. She checked the closet. Bingo, she said as she revealed a large rack full of hunting rifles. She inspected a couple of them before picking the one at the top, a jet-black model with a high-end scope and a detachable magazine. Yeah, she said as she ran her hand down the barrel. You'll do nicely. She raised the rifle and looked through the scope, satisfied with the clarity. She slung the gun over her back and then knelt to dig through the ammo box on the floor, pulling out two additional magazines already loaded. Fifteen shots, she said. Might even be able to hit the target on half of those. Watts knew her limits. She wasn't the greatest marksman, finishing near the middle of the pack for her unit back in basic. But at a close enough range, she felt confident she could at least do a little damage. She made her way back to the front of the house, looking out at the zombies in the neighboring yards. Only a couple of them on the street. She readied her knife, wanting to stay as quiet as she could. Okay, half a mile and I'm in the woods, she thought. Just gotta get there and I'll be good. She exited the front door, moving at a deliberate pace, but not much faster than a mall walker. When her feet hit the pavement, the noise was enough to attract the attention of zombies in the yards, which turned and began moaning, shambling in her direction. Her pace was faster than theirs, so it was a simple walk down the road. She kept glancing over her shoulder to make sure a runner wasn't mixed in with the bunch. After a few blocks, she'd attracted quite the crowd 
fifty to sixty based on her quick estimate. The tree-lined street was quaint. She looked over the small single-story houses and let her mind wander. What kind of people had lived here? New husbands and wives? Maybe some new families? On its face, the neighborhood looked like the perfect place for people to move in and get their start in life. At least it had been, a month ago. Her idyllic view of the area was broken as she passed the next house. The front bay window was partially shattered, bloodstains coating the inside, and a lone hand laying across the bottom sill, reaching for safety that had never come. Watts quickly turned away from it, swallowing hard and focusing her attention straight ahead. How many new families had perished here? How many children? She clenched her jaw. The path to the edge of the woods was clear, only another block to go. She sped up a little to put some distance between her and the pack, now a hundred strong, giving her a few moments to study her next move. Well, this looks uninviting, she thought as she stared at the entrance to the woods. It was densely packed with a lot of underbrush, with no discernible path through. She checked the left and right, seeing no pathway, or at least any that she could see from where she stood. Looks like this is as good as it gets, she thought bitterly, and let out a deep sigh. She stepped over a large fallen branch into the woods, pushing her way through the dense brush into a bit of an opening on the other side. The thickness of the trees cast a shadow over the entirety of the forest, and she readied her knife. She checked her watch. That, thankfully, had a small compass at the top of it, and found southeast. She squared her shoulders and began her hike. Chapter 4 Watts ducked cautiously through the woods, rays of sun piercing through the branches above, the shadows creating dark pockets along her path. She stopped at each shadowy area, making sure nothing was going to pop out at her. She couldn't slow too much, however, as the zombies from the neighborhood continued their pursuit. Their numbers had dwindled in the woods after about a mile, so she wasn't too worried, but she still didn't want to have to deal with them. The forest was easy for her to navigate, but the trees posed a significant challenge to the directionally impaired zombies. She reached a sun-drenched mini-clearing and pulled out the map, consulting her compass. She focused on a small opening in the trees towards the southeasternmost point on the map. Well, I'm getting closer, she thought, I think. She looked around, still not seeing anything resembling a trail. Was this place a wildlife preserve? How can there be no trails or anything? As she contemplated, there was shuffling and some light moaning from ahead. She pocketed the map and readied her knife, moving up to a tree on the edge of the clearing. She peeked out from cover, trying to get a read on where the sound was coming from. It took a moment, but she spotted a few creatures emerging from a darkened area of the woods across the way, directly in the path she needed to take. She tried to plot her course around them, but her stomach sank at the sight of more zombies coming into view, some out of the shadows and others from around trees. Her heart began to race as dozens of ghouls appeared, blocking her way. What do I do? Her mouth went dry as she thought. Do I fight? Do I run? She looked up at some low-hanging branches and thought about climbing up. After a beat, she shook her head. She knew if one of them spotted her, she'd be stuck up there, and being treed by a horde of zombies would be significantly harder to navigate than being on the ground spread out. She turned back to the growing threat in front of her, 
and gripped the handle of her knife tightly. Okay, Janie, you gotta suck it up, girl, she thought firmly. She scanned the area, honing in on what had once been a teenage female, with a slight build and matted blonde hair drenched in blood. It was twenty yards away, and clear by several yards of any of the zombies. You can take her, she tried to convince herself. Just hit her and run. That clearing can't be too much further ahead, and then you're nearly home free. She psyched herself up, bouncing a little, and then firmly darted out from cover, pumping her legs as hard as she could. The noise attracted the attention of dozens of zombies nearby, all turning towards her with arms outstretched. Watts ignored them, focused solely on the teenage corpse in front of her. When she came within a few yards, she raised her knife, jamming it straight into the eye socket. As it fell backwards, one of its flailing arms caught her ankle, and she stumbled forward. She hit the ground hard, sliding in the dirt into a tree. She leapt to her feet, the moans and shuffling getting closer every second. She slid on the dirt floor of the woods, struggling for traction. Finally, she was able to find her footing, dashing away and barely escaping the outstretched claws of the dead. She darted around trees, moving nimbly and hoping to hell that there was nothing else ahead of her. After several minutes of running, she slowed, panting heavily. The sounds of moaning behind her were lower and farther away, but it seemed like the hum was growing in strength. Watts braced herself against a tree, catching her breath before looking up. There was a clearing up ahead, no more than a hundred yards away. She forced herself to keep moving. Although slower than her earlier sprint, she knew she'd have to pace herself, otherwise she'd burn out. It took a minute, but she finally made it to the clearing, stopping just before stepping into it. Her mouth fell open at the sight of the entire hundred-yard radius full of carnage. My God, she thought as she blinked in horror. Did people try to escape the city by coming here to camp? Dozens of tents and various campsites spread out, all of which were torn and bloody, showing signs of struggles. Several were knocked right over, many laying in fire pits half-melted and burnt. Blood splashed everywhere, mostly eaten corpses rotting in the sunlight. There were a few zombies still standing, milling about, but most of the former campers had long since wandered off, it seemed. The moans at her rear continued to get stronger, so Watts forced herself out into the open. She moved lightly and cautiously through the makeshift campground, making sure to steer clear of tents and other debris, in case something was waiting to pop out and catch her by surprise. She looked over the landscape, coming to the conclusion that straight through the centre was the best way to go. She moved quickly and quietly, stepping over debris and pools of coagulated blood. A quarter of the way through, some of the zombies on the edge spotted her movement and groaned hungrily, heading her way. The zombies were less careful in their pursuit, stumbling over tents, falling, and making a general racket. As this happened, more ghouls in the woods up ahead moaned and emerged from the trees. Watts glanced over her shoulder, seeing the first wave of creatures in pursuit of her were coming out as well. Your cover is blown, she thought bitterly. Might as well go for broke. She sheathed her knife and drew her handgun, readying it before picking up the pace to the other side of the clearing. Just before she reached it, a small army of ghouls poured out of the woods, forcing her to adjust course. She ran to the right, down an alley between tents, straight at a pair of creatures. She stopped just short of them, aiming and taking both of their heads off with clean shots. She glanced to either side, seeing that the walls were closing in on her, 
and sped up even more, leaping over the fallen corpses and darting past them. Luckily, the number of zombies in her path by the woods were less substantial than the other direction, with only half a dozen blocking her path. She stopped several yards short, took careful aim, and fired twice, hitting two on the left of the head. She took aim at the next one, but decided to save her ammo and take her window. She broke out running, aiming for the area to the right of the still-standing creatures, ducking to avoid an outstretched arm. She hopped over the limp corpses, reaching the edge of the woods and disappearing into it. A few trees deep, an arm shot out from behind a tree, latching onto her right bicep. The sudden force caused her to whirl around, sliding on the dirt floor and slipping down to one knee. The ghoul lunged forward, still with a death grip on her arm, trying to take a bite out of her. Watts instinctively threw the handgun forward, putting it to the zombie's chest and pulling the trigger. The bullet ripped through the decrepit flesh and the ghoul didn't react, snapping its teeth closer and closer to her face. The weight forced her to fall back, twisting her knee as they fell. She let out a scream and rolled to the side to prevent more pain, the two of them crashing onto the ground on their sides. The impact sent the ghoul sliding a few feet away from her, allowing her to raise her weapon. Watts aimed directly for the nose and fired, taking the back of the corpse's skull out. She let out a sigh before hauling herself to her feet, hissing as soon as she put weight on her twisted right knee. She fell against a tree trunk, using it to brace herself. She gingerly put some pressure on her leg, grimacing at the sting. Moans and shuffles grew in volume behind her, and she grunted, pushing herself away from the support to keep moving. She hobbled along at a much reduced pace, not much faster than the shambling zombies behind her. Come on, Janie, play through the pain, she huffed as she moved. You're almost home. Chapter 5 Watts pushed through the rest of the woods, approaching the edge of it into the developed portion of town. She continued to rub her injured knee, hoping that would help the pain. It had gone down a bit, but still smarted. Finally, she thought, hope soaring in her chest at the sight of the tree line. The moans and footsteps behind her had subsided for the most part, at least falling behind her and becoming faint, so she took a moment to recoup. When she reached the edge of the woods, she leaned up against a tree and looked out, taking in her surroundings. About fifty yards from where she stood was an apartment complex, and across from that a warehouse. She pulled out her map and studied it, trying to get her bearings. She traced her finger around and finally deduced that she was about half a mile to the west of the command center. She looked out over the complex, noting about a hundred zombies spread out, but beyond that it was difficult to see. She pulled out the hunting rifle, aiming it south and scanning the area. The scope allowed her to see more of the warehouse complex and the throng of zombies there as well. Past that, she could just make out the highway. It was too far away to really see it clearly, but close enough that she could tell it was jam-packed with the dead. So, now what? She shook her head as she thought. Definitely not hitting the highway, that's for sure. She continued to stare out, mentally plotting different courses around the immediate threat noting smaller buildings and other obstacles as cover. As she did this, something began to niggle at the back of her mind, and her blood ran cold. I'm less than half a mile from the command center, she thought, heart rate picking up in a panic. Why isn't there gunfire? 
Why are there so many zombies out in the open if I'm this close? Oh God, is the command center even still there? The realization turned her stomach into a rock-hard knot. If the command center wasn't there, then she was well and truly screwed. She had no radio to contact anyone, and no idea where a safe place would even be. The last safe place she'd been in was Redmond, but that was fifteen miles or so away. Watts gave her head a vigorous shake, as if to forcefully remove the negative thoughts from it. Even if the command center had fallen, it didn't change what she had to do. She pulled herself together, pocketing the map and slinging the rifle back over her shoulder, and took a deep breath before pushing off of the tree. She rushed forward a couple hundred yards to a small building to the east of the apartment complex. When she reached the back of the building, she turned and peeked out, towards the hoard. Relief flooded her that none of them had paid her any attention, giving her another moment to catch her breath and give her knee a chance to recoup. She walked to the other side of the building, glancing down the alley between the structures that ran fifty yards or so. There was a lone zombie staggering around a dumpster, seemingly fascinated by it. Watts watched as the ghoul smacked against it, then moaning at the resonating echo it made. She waited for it to smack again before moving across to the next building, hoping the noise would keep it from noticing her. To her disdain, the creature moaned and began shambling her way. She contemplated for a moment, knowing that she could outrun it or out-hobble it with her knee, but decided on taking it out instead. If there's trouble up ahead, I'll have enough to deal with, she thought, and readied her knife. She waited patiently for the creature to get within striking distance. As it reached the corner of the building, she lunged forward, jamming the blade into the top of its skull and dropping it. Now free of zombies, she worked her way to the east, along the back side of a long building. About halfway up was a window, which she peered into. It was dark inside, but there was plenty of movement in the warehouse-type structure. She shook her head and kept moving. As long as they're inside, it's not my business, she thought to herself. As she reached the edge of the building, she noticed that the next stretch of cover was a mini-mall across the street. The problem was that there were a few dozen zombies in the road, near the front of the building. Gonna have to push through the pain to get across, she thought chewing her bottom lip. They're going to see me. Not much I can do about that. Just going to have to hope I get enough distance between us to make it through. Before she moved, she pulled out her rifle and looked down towards the other end of the mini-mall. There were a few zombies at the far end, but not much past that before it got to a small residential street. Okay, run across, take those three out, and then get to the neighborhood, she thought, taking a deep breath. She pulled out the satellite image printout and took a quick glance before stuffing it back into her pocket. Three more blocks after that, then I'll be at the command center. She grabbed her knife in her offhand and drew her handgun in the other, prepared for whatever was to come. She did a silent countdown and then broke from cover, moving as quickly as her knee would allow across the street. When she got halfway across, her hobbled footsteps attracted the attention of some of the ghouls on the road. Immediately they moaned and shuffled towards her, gnashing their teeth in excitement. Watts picked up the pace to make sure she beat them to the corner of the building, making it about ten seconds before they did. She pushed hard, trying her best to put distance between herself and the horde. Halfway down the building she glanced back, the wall of rotted flesh no more than fifteen yards away. Her knee screamed, but she kept pushing. 
It was pain or death. A trio of zombies ahead moved towards her, and five more came into view from the corner of the building. Her heart pounded in her ears. Please don't let there be any more. She didn't know who she was praying to, but it worked, as the eight zombies ahead were all that stood in her way to reach the neighborhood. Watts moved away from the rear of the mini-mall, stepping out into an overgrown field, but not too much as the grass was too thick to allow for speedy movement. She took aim, firing several times at the ghouls ahead of her, hitting a few in the head and dropping them to the ground. She walked another few steps before stopping to aim again, firing rapidly at the five remaining zombies. She finished off her magazine, eight shots, but only killed three of the corpses. She aimed at the next one, ten yards away, and pulled the trigger, only hearing a sick metallic click. Damn, she muttered, holstering her gun and moving her knife to her dominant hand before moving forward. She reached out, grabbed the nearest creature by the shirt collar and stamped, jamming the blade into the bridge of the zombie's nose. The final ghoul, a young and frail-looking thing, continued to shamble towards her. Watts lowered her shoulder and bowled right into her, moving quickly past without looking back. She pushed herself, building up some speed, the adrenaline spiking and overpowering the throbbing in her knee. The residential area was small and run down, with single-story homes that would have looked frightening even during non-apocalyptic times. Watts reached the first street, looking ahead and only seeing a smattering of zombies. Her knee protested as she put weight on her leg, reminding her she was still injured, and she winced hard. Gotta find some way to distract these things, she thought, and inched forward, moving about as quickly as the zombies behind her, which were twenty yards away at most. A few houses up, she spotted a newer-looking sedan in the driveway of a run-down house. She pushed up to it as fast as she could, seeing a small blinking red light on the dash. Alarm system, thank God, she huffed and checked the side of the house, peering into the backyard and finding it empty. She limped back to the car and pounded on the hood, smacking it as hard as she could. Come on! Go off! Finally, after a couple more shoves, the alarm blared. She moved as quickly as she could to the side of the house, reaching the backyard. She rushed over to the house on the next block, going up to the back door and smashing out the small window with the hilt of her knife, reaching in to unlock it. When she got inside, she locked it behind her and did a quick sweep of the small house. In the living room, there was a lone recliner and a large flat screen with a video game system surrounded by empty beer cans. Gotta love bachelors, she muttered, and then jumped at the sound of a thump on the back bedroom door. Watts moved to the top of the hallway and aimed her gun down, but saw the door closed tight. She steadied herself and moved to the front of the house, looking through the window to the street. A few dozen zombies emerged from between houses, attracted to the car alarm noise in the distance. They got to the street, all moving in one direction, and then the alarm cut out. Without the noise drawing them in, their interest waned, some of them stopping dead in their tracks. Son of a... Watts grumbled. Just want one thing to go right today. She knew she couldn't stay put, so she reloaded her gun with her last mag and drew her knife in her offhand again. Here goes nothing, she whispered, and then threw open the front door and darted out into the yard. She moved as quickly as she could, despite her knee, and two zombies lunged for her. Rather than attack, she shoved the closest one back, knocking it into its partner and sending them both to the ground. Several of the ghouls in the vicinity came her way, but she pushed on, hobbling to the next row of houses, 
relieved to find a fenced-in yard. Finally, she huffed, and threw herself over the waist-high chain-link fence. She struggled with her injury, but managed to land on her good leg without falling on her ass. She darted out of sight from the pursuing zombies, hoping that once they hit the fence they'd give up. At the back of the yard was a small line of trees with the command center on the other side. She couldn't help the creeping doubt in the back of her mind that it had been abandoned, especially with the lack of any noise, but she had to push on. She reached the trees darting through the fifteen yards or so to the other side, hoping to see an army of troops waiting to greet her. Watts stopped short at the edge of the trees and her heart sank. Her worst fears realized. The command center was a war zone. The makeshift sandbag barricades at the outer rim of the warehouse still mostly stood, but there were several breach points. Just beyond them was a collection of blood, limbs, and a few mostly eaten corpses. The mangled bodies twitched and struggled to move, but at least there wasn't enough left of them to get up and run around. In the parking lot within the perimeter were a few dozen slow-moving zombies, ones that had found their way in but couldn't find their way out again, it seemed. Several of them pushed up against the sandbags, unable to figure out how to break free. Now what? Watts's mind reeled and she put away her weapons, grabbing her rifle and looking towards the building. Through the scope she could see that the front of it was closed up. The door was coated in blood, evidence of zombies banging away on it for quite some time. If they were able to get the door shut, she thought, hope blooming in her chest, maybe there are still some survivors inside. She tried not to talk herself down, rolling with the situation so she couldn't talk herself out of doing what she needed to do. She scanned the outer edge of the building, seeing a loading bay door near the back that was partially opened. While it was no more than a couple feet open, she figured it was large enough for her to squeeze through. But what if the survivors inside used that as their escape? What if there's nobody inside? Doubt crept in, despite how hard she tried not to let it and she clenched a fist, chewing her lip. Even so, I have to get in there, she thought firmly. If the post has been abandoned, maybe there is still a calm station still set up. I can let them know I'm here, and they can come get me. Watts slung her rifle back over her shoulder and moved out, jogging just inside the tree line for cover. Finally, she was parallel with the loading dock door in the back. She checked both ways, making sure the coast was clear, and it was. She walked over, not wanting to put extra strain on her knee, before sliding underneath the door. She quickly stood up, drawing her weapons once again and straining her senses. The warehouse didn't allow in much natural light, with only the skylights around the top of the building. There were several artificial lights set up still, however, making the room nice and bright. She reached the edge of the loading dock door, looking out into the main area. The place was totally abandoned at least from the living. There were several zombies still roaming about, most of them near the front door. A few near the lights, she continued to scan, finally laying eyes on the communications table. She pulled out her rifle, looking over at the table through her scope, seeing trouble. The laptop with the satellite uplink had a cracked screen and was lying on its side, several wires strewn about. Shit, she thought. Most likely that computer wasn't going to work. She lowered the rifle, unsure of her next move. So now what? Come on, Janie, you gotta figure this out. Think. 
She took in a deep breath and then squinted when she noticed one of the zombies was wearing military gear. Her blood rushed in her ears at the sight of a runner, but then her brain tuned in, remembering that some of the promoted men were issued walkie-talkies that could stretch for several miles. Watts raised the rifle again, looking at each zombie through the scope. The first few runners had nothing on them, except for tattered, bloodied fatigues. She kept looking, heart rate spiking with each count of yet another fast zombie, and then finally found one near the front door wearing a packed utility vest. On the front of it was a walkie-talkie, clear as day. Unfortunately, the creature was surrounded by a dozen other ghouls, as well as two runners between her and it. How the hell are you doing this one, Janie? She chewed her lip. Those things are runners. If I can hit the two closest to me, it will clear the way for the other one to get to me. Those shamblers will take time to get here, and I can be gone before they do. She nodded to herself, though fear pumped through her like a rushing river. It was risky, and dangerous, and crazy. But it was the only idea she had. She raised the rifle and took aim at the runner closest to her. Just like when you were hunting, she thought to herself. Deep breath. Squeeze the trigger. You got this. She lined up her shot at the temple of the former soldier and squeezed the trigger. The resounding boom echoed throughout the cavernous warehouse, sending the zombies inside into a rage. The bullet found its target, however, eviscerating the runner's skull. She quickly adjusted her aim towards the other one, which was now sprinting towards her. It was hard to get a read on it as it was close, within thirty yards, and moving quickly. She abandoned the plan to snipe it and instead hopped up off of the ground and braced herself. As it got closer, she drew her handgun and fired rapidly. The third shot found its target, and the zombie flopped forward, sliding along the ground to a stop just a few yards from her. Rapid footsteps echoed, along with a rabid moan. The other runner, the one with the radio, was closing in. She waited until it was within ten yards to fire, not wanting to risk a bad shot striking the radio. The first bullet missed low, hitting it in the throat. She screamed as it got closer, firing again, and this time hit it in the eye. Watts darted forward to catch it, breaking its fall so that it didn't crush the walkie-talkie, whimpering at the strain on her knee in the process. She set it down and rolled it over, grabbing the radio and pocketing it. She patted down the rest of him, finding another magazine for her handgun. She wanted to keep looking, check the other bodies, but the rest of the slow ghouls were getting too close for comfort. Watts broke from her position and made her way back to the open door on the dock, sliding back out into the open area. She moved away from the building, pausing in the field beside it to consult the satellite image. The command centre was at the far end of it, with only a tiny bit of space just to the east of it visible. It appeared to be wooded, but there were two roads going into it. Gotta be a residential area, she muttered, heart still pounding. She glanced back at the warehouse, seeing zombie feet at the dock. Past that, towards the front, were several more ghouls outside of the barrier that were starting to come her way. Any places better than here? She huffed, shaking her head. Get moving, Janie. She turned and hobbled off towards the residential area hoping for the best, deep in disbelief that she'd killed three runners and secured her radio. Chapter 6 Watts broke into a nearby house a few blocks east of the command centre. 
stepping over the busted for sale sign on the front lawn. Inside, it was completely empty, devoid of all furniture, but she did a quick sweep just in case of stray deceased real estate agents shambling around. Once clear, she sat on the floor in the living room with her back to the wall, sighing with relief and easing the pressure on her leg, and pulled out the walkie-talkie. She flicked it on, turning the channel dial to the first one and raising the device to her lips. This is Private Watts, she said clearly. I need help. Can anybody hear me? She waited a few moments for a response and then switched to the next channel. This is Private Watts, she repeated. I need help. Can anybody hear me? After six channels with no response, despair began to knot in her belly. This had been her last hope, her last-ditch attempt at surviving getting out of here. What if there's been a full retreat? Or worse, what if they've been overwhelmed? The dark thoughts swirled in her mind and she shook her head hard, as if to knock them loose. She continued through the channels, firmly repeating her message. This is Private Watts. I need help. Can anybody hear me? She pressed the radio to her forehead, closing her eyes, silently praying for someone. Anyone. Private Watts, a firm voice snapped. This is a command channel. Please get off this line and switch to your designated unit channel. She nearly dropped the walkie-talkie as she fumbled to get it to her mouth. Please wait, she cried the words, gushing out of her like vomit. My unit, they're all gone. I need an evac, please. This is an emergency. There was a moment of silence, and then the soldier replied, Please hold. Watts trembled as she stared at the radio, shell-shocked at having heard another human voice, willing herself not to panic. Please, please let them help me, she prayed, hoping that they could or would do something for her. Private Watts, a no-nonsense voice barked. This is Captain O'Neill. Would you mind telling me why the hell you are on my channel? She immediately pressed the button, steadying her voice. Captain, my unit was completely overwhelmed this morning, she explained quickly. We had a runner outbreak and, and I was the only survivor. I need an evac. What's your position, Private? O'Neill asked sharply. Watts staggered to her feet, looking around frantically, and then noticed a stack of real estate flyers on the kitchen counter. I'm at 742 Greenbrook Lane, she replied. To her surprise, the captain chuckled. My GPS is in the shop, he said, sounding amused. Why don't you walk me through your day, and we'll see if we can figure out where you are. Her heart soared with hope. This man seemed to really want to help her. Okay, captain, she said. My unit was in the northern part of Kenmore when we were hit. Once I escaped, I tried going back to the command center, but it was abandoned. Command center, he cut in. Soldier, where are you? Watts blinked a few times and then replied, Sir, I am a few blocks to the east of the Kenmore Command Center. Soldier, you need to get out of there right now, O'Neill said rapidly, his tone panicked. She shook her head. Captain, there are zombies everywhere, she replied. Not for long there isn't, the captain replied gravely. Watts swallowed hard, cold dread sinking over her. Captain, she said hoarsely, what's going on? No time to talk now, O'Neill snapped. You need to get south of the highway and do it now. There is an airstrike coming in minutes. She gaped at the radio, eyes wide as saucers. But I... where... where do I go? 
Keep it together, Private, the captain barked. You get south of the highway into the residential area. There is a golf course half a mile to the south-southwest of the command center. Get there and I'll fill you in further. Now move! Watts shook, taking in a deep, ragged breath and trying to push the panic out of her body. Yes, sir, she replied and shoved the walkie-talkie into her pocket. She hobbled over to the front window of the house, seeing a handful of zombies on the road. Scanning the area, she spotted a side street running south towards the highway. She nodded firmly to herself and slung her rifle over her shoulder, readying her hand weapons. I've been looking forward to a rest, but looks like it's going to have to wait, she thought to herself. Come on, Janie, you're almost there. She burst out the front door and ran as hard as she could. Her knee screamed and every once in a while she had to do a bit of a hop when she just couldn't take the spike of pain shooting up her thigh like lightning. But she pushed through it. Pain or die, pain or die, she reminded herself, the words in time with her strides. The zombies on the road immediately began their pursuit, but she didn't have time to worry about them. She made it to the side street and began heading south, seeing even more zombies in front of her leading up to the highway half a mile or so ahead. She looked down the side streets as she moved, and ghouls were everywhere. Picking a different path wasn't a viable option. The zombies, while numerous, were somewhat spread out, with a couple of yards in between packs. It's either risk getting eaten or for sure get blown up, she urged herself. Keep moving, Janie. Watts kept pushing, getting close to the first few zombies on the road. She looked past them towards the highway, and the slight incline up to it was jam-packed with creatures. She swallowed hard, chest-heaving, seriously doubting about how she was going to make it across. The first few monsters were facing the other way and didn't see her until she blew past them. As soon as she did, however, they moaned and reached for her, alerting other nearby zombies. She kept moving, knee-singing, darting between groups and trying to keep her distance from the rotted hands clawing for her. She made it through a block of them, only three blocks from the highway, and encountered a line of ghouls blocking her path. She did the only thing that she could do. She raised her handgun and fired, hitting a zombie in the face and knocking it to the ground. She picked up as much steam as she could and burst through the line, clearing the ghouls with her body, but not her rifle. A zombie gripped her rifle barrel with a death grip, and she struggled with it for a moment, trying to wrench the gun free. With the others closing in quickly, she grunted and slipped out of the strap, leaving the weapon behind and continuing to move forward. When Watts was within a block of the highway, she saw there was absolutely no way she was going to be able to make it across. The road was a sea of corpses, shoulder to shoulder. Think, girl, she thought frantically. There has to be a way to get across. She put a hand to her forehead, leaning on her good leg to give her bad knee a brief rest as she contemplated. Underpass, but which way? She looked back and forth, chewing her bottom lip. I have to backtrack to the west anyway, might as well make it one trip. Watts ran up the final side street before the highway frontage road, relieved to see that the zombie population was manageable there. She got up to the next intersection and looked towards the highway relieved to see that there was an underpass leading to the southern portion of town. She was less relieved to see that there were numerous zombies standing between her and her destination. She didn't pause, didn't think, just pumped her tired, pain-filled legs. The frontage road had several packs of ghouls but a narrow path through them. The underpass was another story. 
running forty yards and shrouded in shadow. There was easily a hundred zombies packed in there. The road was buried under a sea of rotted flesh, and her heart rate tripled just looking at it. On the left side she spotted a narrow elevated pedestrian walkway, presumably put there due to the underpass being a drainage location. There were only a few zombies dotting it, given that stairs were their natural enemy. Watts made her way to the stairs, quickly hopping up as several grey arms reached for her, narrowly missing her arm. The first ghoul on the walkway was ten yards away, and immediately turned towards her as she crested the staircase. Due to the narrow walkway the creatures were in single file, which would make it easy for them to be dealt with. The first one received a decisive blow to the face with her knife. She shoved it aside, flipping it over the railing to the zombies below, turning it into an undead crowd surfer. The next two fell just as easily. However, during the battle, the entirety of the zombie population in the underpass had been drawn to her side. She quickly moved to the end of the walkway, seeing a few ghouls standing at the bottom of the stairwell, with the others just to the side and well within reach. Watts paused at the top of the stairs, aiming down with her handgun and opening fire. She pulled the trigger as quickly as she could, sending several rounds into multiple monsters, clearing her a narrow pathway back to the daylight. She pinned herself as close to the wall as she could while racing down the stairs, skipping a few as she went, trying to use mostly her good leg for landing. The arms reaching through the handrails grazed her arm as she went by, but she managed to hit the ground and move away. A few steps later she was out of the nightmare tunnel and to the south of the highway, a symphony of moans coming from inside as well as above. Across from the highway was another small stretch of houses, as well as a small waterway. When she reached the houses, she slowed right down, cautiously moving between them, and she let out a sigh of relief when she saw there were no creatures between her and the water. No time to try and find a bridge, she thought quickly. I have to get across now. She raced to the water, pushing through thick tall grass and reaching the river, while still in knee-deep current. She looked to either side, hoping to find some sort of boat, but there was nothing, not even an inflatable inner tube. Guess I'm swimming, she grunted, and then dove forward into the water. She began to paddle, but after a moment the weight of her gear combined with the pain and exhaustion of the day began to set in, so she flipped over onto her back. She floated gently, using her arms to propel her backwards across the water. Thankfully, the current was minimal so she wasn't going too far to the west. She couldn't help but enjoy the coolness of the water combined with the warm sun on her face, a rare moment of peace and almost relaxation. This was broken, however, by splashes coming from the other bank. Watts quickly flipped back over, seeing she was ten yards from the shore. There were two zombies in the water falling face-first into it as they struggled to navigate the mud to get to their floating meal. She pulled her gun, struggling to stay afloat while still inching herself forward. Five yards from the first zombie, she tried to aim while bobbing in the water and pulled the trigger. Much to her surprise, her aim was on point, striking the creature in the head and sending it splashing to a watery grave. The other zombie continued to push out into the water, and she continued her aim, waiting until it was within two yards to pull the trigger. The near-point-blank shot found its target sending the second threat washing away in the river. Watts managed to pull herself out, breathing heavily on the southern bank. The break was short-lived as high-pitched humming rose in the distance, getting louder and louder. The attack! she gasped, 
and hauled herself to her feet, racing south as fast as her legs would allow. The sound continued to grow in volume even as she reached a block away from the water. She knew she only had seconds and found the first house she could, shooting out the back patio door and rushing inside. There was a zombie in the living room, but she ran past it, straight to the back bedroom and slamming the door behind her. It was thankfully free of ghouls, and she dove for the closet, shutting herself inside it for cover. The sound of the missiles whistled overhead as they passed, and a moment later there was a cacophony of explosions to the north. Half a dozen, maybe more. It was too difficult to tell, but it was more than enough to shake the foundation of the house, shattering the windows in the bedroom. As quickly as it had begun, the bombardment ended, filling the area with an eerie silence. She sat there in the closet almost in shock, staring at a horrible leopard print gown hanging in front of her. Banging on the closet door startled her, and she couldn't help but laugh, shaking her head. Okay, she said shakily, relief flooding her. Going to take this thing out, and then find out what the hell is going on. Chapter 7 what staggered to her feet, drew her knife, and then did a silent countdown before shoving the closet door open, throwing the zombie back onto the bed. It flailed around, tangling itself up in the flower-print bedspread, and she lunged forward, stabbing at its face. It flailed away, and she stabbed the mattress instead, cursing under her breath. It lashed out and grabbed her thigh on her bad leg, and she howled in pain at the death grip so close to her injury. She fell to her knees, and her eyes widened at the putrefied face gnashing so close to her own. She instinctively stabbed upwards, the blade catching the ghoul in its cheek and coming out the other side. The knife missed its brain, as it continued to try to get to her moans gurgling around metal. She grunted and put a hand on its forehead, holding it back as she tore the knife free and then jammed it forward into the zombie's eye socket. Finally, it fell limp and she reached down to pry its death grip from her thigh. Her chest heaved, and she whimpered as she got back to her feet. She wiped the blade on the ugly comforter and sheathed it, leaving the corpse in a down-filled burrito. Watts limped out into the living room to escape the thick smell of the dead ghoul. She stayed out of sight from the windows, but could see through the sheer curtains to outside. Zombies moved north towards the explosions, marching to see their blasted brethren. She pulled out the walkie-talkie and leaned back, putting her feet up and resting her leg. Captain O'Neill, do you copy? she asked. Good to hear from you, soldier, he replied immediately. Have you made it to the golf course? Watts shook her head. No, sir, not yet, she replied. Took everything I had just to make it across the river. Got to cover just before the bombing run. Well, you're still alive and kicking, so that's half the battle right there, O'Neill declared. Are you in a safe spot now? She rubbed her knee, staring out the window at the stream of ghouls. Yes, sir. I'm holed up in a house a couple blocks south of the river, she explained. I was out of the blast zone, but it was close enough that it took out the windows. Yeah, those missiles can pack quite a punch, the captain replied. How's your zombie situation looking? Watts tilted her head back and forth. Moderate, but nothing like it was on the other side of the river, she said. Looks like they're all headed towards the blast zone. Gonna have to stay put for just a bit until they get cleared out. Understood, O'Neill replied. 
She took a deep breath and sat back, hugging her torso with one arm. Sir, may I ask what happened in Kenmore? she asked. I thought we were being ordered up there because they didn't want to risk the infrastructure. Yet they just bombed the hell out of it. That's not really information we're passing down the line, Private, the captain replied, a chill in his voice. Watts bristled. Sir, with all due respect, I just lost my entire unit because they didn't want to risk the highway, she said firmly. Now they just bombed it. Don't I deserve to know why? Under normal circumstances, I would tell you to fuck off, O'Neill admitted with a sigh. But these are far from normal times, aren't they? She wrinkled her nose. Understatement, sir. We had orders to push north to Kenmore to set up a command center and a roadblock for zombies coming up and east from the downtown area, he explained. There was a mission to block the interstate coming up from Seattle, but it was mostly a failure. The higher-ups thought we could secure it, but they were wrong. I'm sorry to say that your unit was part of the roadblock force. Her heart skipped a beat, and she hugged herself tighter. Did any other units make it out okay? she asked. We sent two thousand troops up there, he replied, and at last count only a hundred and forty-five made it back to Redmond. Watts's eyes widened. We've had to pull all the way back to Redmond? she gasped. We're a little bit outside of Redmond, but honestly not much further, the captain said. After this failure, command wants to take the push nice and slow, not going more than a mile away from the front lines with the diversion points. He paused, which I'm sad to say is bad news for you. She chewed her bottom lip. How bad is it, Captain? She asked, not sure she wanted to know the answer. With where you are, it's too far away to send rescue, O'Neill admitted. So you're going to have to help me help you. Are you up for it? Watts straightened her shoulders and nodded firmly. Just tell me what I need to do, Captain. We're making a push into the Totem Lake suburb, he replied, which is about seven miles southeast of your current position. Her stomach sank. Seven miles? She asked, shaking her head. No way I can make that. I figured as much, given the amount of zombie infestation in the area, the captain agreed. We're estimating tens of thousands of them in that area, and that's just what we can see between the trees, which is why we're going to set up a rally point a few miles away from where you are. She chewed her lip for a moment. I think I can do that. Good, O'Neill replied. To the southeast of your position is a high school. This is going to be your pickup point. Now I'm guessing you don't have a map. She pulled out her wrinkled satellite image. Only one I have is of Kenmore, which might need some updating, she said. You have a compass, though, right? he asked. Yes, sir, she replied. Okay, you're going to have to take an indirect route, the captain explained. But it's really the only way. You need to get to the golf course, fight your way to the southernmost hole, then go due east for a couple of miles. As long as you stay to the east, you'll run smack dab into the school. Watts nodded, swallowing hard. Thank you, sir, she said hoarsely. Don't thank me yet, because we're going to be on a timetable, O'Neill countered. Due to my orders, I'm going to have to sneak a transport off to pick you up. They'll be there in two hours and won't be able to stay. So if you don't make it, you're going to be on your own for a while. 
I'm also not going to be able to answer any more calls from you, because if it gets back to a higher-up, this rescue mission will be quashed. She wrinkled her nose. Sounds like I'm expendable, she said dryly. In the grand scheme of things, we all are private, the captain replied with a sigh. But I've been in your position before, and let's just say I'm not a fan of leaving soldiers to hang out to dry. She nodded, stuffing her map back into her pocket. I appreciate that, Captain, she said. More than you know. You can thank me by making it back alive, O'Neill said firmly. Now get a move on, Private. You're on the clock. Good luck. She looked at the ceiling for a moment to compose herself. Thank you, Captain. She stared at the radio for a moment and then pocketed it. She checked her watch and set a two-hour countdown before swinging her legs down to the floor. Golf course is to the southwest, she said as she got to her feet. Time to get moving, Janie. Chapter 8 Watts finally reached the golf course, her injured leg on the verge of giving out entirely. She'd thought that resting it would help, but if anything it had made it more stiff and hard to navigate with. She dragged it across the parking lot of the clubhouse, looking like one of the zombies she was moving closer to. Come on, leg, don't fail me, she thought frantically. Just a few more steps. She stabbed a ghoul in the eye socket before shoving it violently to the ground in frustration. Her fear had steadily been giving way to anger at her situation. Just a few more steps and we can rest for a few minutes, she silently told her leg. There were two more creatures in the parking lot, both of which started coming towards her. She summoned the strength to hit them both in the head with her knife before throwing their corpses to the ground. She let out a satisfied grunt at her handiwork. She finally reached the front door of the clubhouse, pulling on it but finding it locked. Of course, she snapped under her breath. She drew her handgun and smashed the butt of it against the small glass panels to either side of the door peeking inside to make sure there wasn't anything waiting for her. She reached in and unlocked it, throwing it open and then locking it behind her. The clubhouse was large, with a bar restaurant down the left hallway, and the main golfing store on the right. Directly in front of her was a reception area, which was elegant but thankfully deserted. Watts stood at the crossroads looking towards the eatery and the store, chest heaving and leg throbbing. She threw her head back and let out a loud scream, partially to vent her pent-up frustration, but also thinking it would be better for the zombies to come to her than to go hunting for them. She stood motionless for nearly a minute, relief sinking over her when nothing came out of the woodwork. She hobbled over to the reception desk, pulling out a map of the golf course and tracing her finger along the holes before stopping on the southeasternmost one. Fifteenth hole, I can make that, she murmured, and then pocketed the map. She checked her ammo, noting two rounds in her mag and another full one of fifteen. She looked around and saw that the clubhouse store had a wide variety of clubs on sale. She hobbled in and found a titanium driver, picking it off of the wall and giving it a few experimental swings. Out of the corner of her eye she spotted a mannequin and turned towards it, lining up a shot as if she were aiming for a t-ball. She took the head clean off of it and then inspected the club, finding no damage. Well, that will help things out, she said, resting the club on her shoulder. Now, let's do something about this knee. Watts walked across into the bar and restaurant, heading straight for the back wall. 
At first, she picked up a bottle of vodka before setting it back down. This really feels like a job for bourbon, she said, and reached for a brown bottle before her eyes flicked up to the top shelf. Gonna splurge, she declared. I'm worth it. She pulled down a bottle of bourbon that probably would have cost her yearly paycheck back before the apocalypse. She found a glass from underneath and poured three fingers of booze into it. She stood there for a few minutes, swirling the amber liquid and taking ample sips. The warmth coursed through her body, and the pain in her knee began to subside. She picked up the bottle again, contemplating whether she could pour another glass. She shook her head. Settle down, Janie, she quipped. This isn't a frat party. Gotta keep your head about you. She walked to the back door that overlooked the golf course. There were some zombies dotted along the landscape, but they were spread out and in no bigger groups than four. She chuckled to herself. Even during the apocalypse, they're still enforcing golf party size, she said, and then rubbed her forehead for a moment, realizing just how much she'd been talking to herself. Was this how people went insane? She clutched her trusty golf club and exited the bar out onto the course, readying her metallic driver. She didn't have to wait long to test it out as a zombie came stumbling around the corner of the building. Watts stepped up, positioned herself like a softball batter, and waited for the pitch. With a forceful swing, the entire side of the ghoul's head collapsed in on itself, sending it to the ground in a bloody heap with a caved-in face. She inspected the weapon pleased with its performance before giving it a few light swings to clear off some of the blood. Next up, fifteenth hole, she declared, and sauntered off. The walk through the golf course was surprisingly pleasant, for the most part. The sun still shone down on her, with only a few lazy clouds in the sky. Even though the rough was looking overgrown, the fairways were still in pretty decent shape. The zombies, for the most part, stayed to themselves not picking up on her, since her limping in the grass didn't make much noise. The only exception were a couple of creatures on the sixteenth green, who had become tangled up in some plastic fencing off to the side where they were doing some major landscaping. Watts headed closer to them, making sure that they were indeed stuck before moving on. No sense in wasting a hit on you guys if you aren't a threat, she said, waving them off. The fifteenth green was a different story from the rest. There was a golf cart on it, with a flailing corpse trapped beneath the front wheel. The still short green grass had numerous dead patches from being soaked in blood. What happened here? she wondered, peering around. Nothing good, that's for sure. She scanned the area, making sure that the only threat was the zombie pinned beneath the cart. Whatever had killed it and left the bloody patches had long since moved on, it seemed. She looked at her compass, finding east. Looking in that direction, all she could see was a large wooded residential area. Okay, she said, taking a deep breath. Here goes nothing. Chapter 9 Watts checked her watch before stepping onto the first street of a heavily tree-lined neighborhood. One hour and twenty-two minutes were left until her pickup arrived. The bourbon from earlier had begun to wear off, and her swollen knee began to whimper at her once again. She looked down the street as much as she could with the numerous shady spots, noting the smattering of zombies bumbling around. Doesn't look too bad, she thought. At least on the road. God only knows how many are hiding between the houses. 
She paused for a moment to motivate herself before finally stepping forward. Her feet echoed on the pavement, gaining the attention of a few ghouls in a nearby yard. She debated which ones she should try to fight, because she knew that there was no way she could take them all. Only the ones that make it to the road, she decided, and wound up her swing. She didn't have to wait long to strike, as a zombie shambling up from the yard into the street, coming straight for her, she adjusted her course from the centre of the road, moving to the side and giving a hearty swing, catching it in the side of the head and swiftly dropping it. Watts stepped over the unmoving creature, glancing behind her to see she was attracting a crowd now a couple dozen strong from the back. The first intersection created a new set of problems as she hobbled into it, seeing dozens of zombies in both directions. Oh God, these roads are packed, she thought frantically, chewing her lip. She kept hobbling along to the east, trying to put as much distance between her and the pursuing pack as she could. The growing horde behind her began to moan loud enough that ghouls ahead began to turn around ahead of her. The next intersection started to close as a viable avenue of escape as packs of zombies came out from both sides. She clenched her jaw, sucking up the pain and breaking into a near run to get across the intersection as the two sides began to converge into one horde. She barely made it with only a few yards to spare, her knee screaming now as she ran and skipped and pushed herself to put some distance between them. The sea of zombies had grown to well over a hundred, or probably more, but she didn't have time to count, trying to focus on what was ahead. Realistically, it didn't matter, because she knew just a few dozen would be more than enough to do her in. What was a couple hundred more? I have to do something, she thought, panicked as she continued to push forward. No way I can make it to the rendezvous with this much noise behind me. Her mind raced as she desperately tried to figure out some way to lose the horde. She reached the next intersection and was surprised to see that there were only a handful of ghouls to the right. Without batting an eye, she headed that way. A couple of zombies were close to the intersection, so she quickly swung and smacked one in the face as it turned. The impact unfortunately didn't kill it, but did force it back into the other one, staggering them both enough that they got swallowed up by the horde following her. When she got halfway down the street, she noticed a fenced-in yard to the east. She hobbled over, tossing her golf club over the top and clambering up. She grunted as she put most of her weight on her arms, scrabbling with her good leg. The zombies clustered around the bottom and one swiped at her boot, causing her to panic and flail up over the top. She lost her grip and instinctively kicked off of the fence with her good leg so she would fall on the empty side. She landed hard on her side, her shoulder exploding in pain, and the wind knocked right out of her. She rolled onto her knees, gasping for air, panic gripping her chest and not helping the situation. She knew she had to get up, had to sweep the area. Something could be on her in seconds. She dug a hand into the grass, focusing on her breathing, finally able to take in a few ragged gasps, her vision coming back into focus. She glanced over her shoulder at the zombies behind her, and they pressed up against the fence, moaning and gnashing, and trying to break through. At the ping of a metal post beginning to fail, Watts's eyes widened, and soon a few more sounded, and the edges of the fence began to buckle. She scrambled to her feet, grabbing her club and hobbled across the yard, chest heaving. Halfway across, the fence completely gave out on one side, and zombies began to pour into the yard. 
It was fairly large, about forty yards from fence to fence. When she reached the other side, she tossed the club over and began climbing once again. Adrenaline fueled her ascent, and at the top she noticed that three ghouls had come around the outside towards her. Give me a break, she snarled, and threw herself over, this time landing on her feet, trying to absorb most of the impact with her good leg. She pulled her handgun with her sore arm, rubbing the shoulder as she took quick aim. She fired two shots, hitting the targets dead on, despite the recoil from the gun making her wince at the pain in her joint. For the final zombie, she pulled her knife, using her good arm to stab it in the eye socket, dropping the corpse. The horde in the yard had reached the fencing, but thankfully the numbers weren't as severe yet, since they were still filtering in from the other side, so the fence wasn't in peril just yet. Well, she huffed as she checked her weapons, that's four blocks down. She shook her head. It was going to be a struggle getting to her destination in one piece and her situation was growing more bleak by the minute. Watts walked the rest of the way through the yard to the next street, dragging her leg and club behind her. Her knee was almost unbearable, and her arm was only comfortable if it was limp. She sighed heavily when she reached the next street, finding a couple dozen ghouls roaming about. There's no way I'm going to be able to make it to the high school like this, she thought, ready to give in and lay down. No. No, Janie, keep moving. She steeled herself and pushed on, reaching the other side of the street with only attracting a few creatures. The next few yards were empty, with another fence looming ahead. She moved as quickly as she could, hopping over it and landing with a thud, her good leg quickly becoming exhausted from the extra use. When she reached the middle of the yard, her wounded knee gave out completely, and she fell to the grass, hissing in pain. She rubbed it frantically, willing it to work, just to get her a few more miles. She glanced at her watch, just under an hour, just a couple more miles. Watts grunted deeply as she willed herself back to her feet, limping to the house. She tried the back patio door, finding it surprisingly unlocked. She slid it open silently, readying her handgun just in case of any close encounters. She locked it behind her and swept the house finding it gloriously empty. She crept into the front room, peeking out the window at the street. Dozens of zombies shambled about, looking about for their next meal. Most of the driveways were empty, without even a car. She perked up at the sight of a lone house at the end of the block, six houses away, across the street. A lone car sat in the driveway, a clunker of a sedan easily twenty years old. That's your ticket out, Janie she thought, taking a deep breath. Now just have to hope it runs, and that the keys are in the house, and that the gas hasn't gone bad. She blinked back tears. The hopelessness of her situation threatened to overcome her, but she shook her head violently, clenching a fist. She had to buy herself some time if she was going to be able to get over to the house, get inside, and find the keys. She scanned up and down the road, trying to think of an idea, but nothing came to her. What can I use as a distraction? She chewed her bottom lip as she studied the area. The only car on the block is the one I'm going to, uh, borrow, and it's unlikely that a clunker like that has an alarm. How am I going to get those zombies away from it? She contemplated for a moment, and then an idea hit her, but her blood ran cold at the thought. You have got to be out of your mind, Janie. She berated herself. That's really the best idea you can come up with? 
Seriously? She closed her eyes, letting out a deep breath, but knowing that this was the only option she had. She pushed away from the wall and walked to the back door, looking out to make sure the coast was clear, which it thankfully was. Watts headed back for the front of the house and threw open the door, stepping out onto the porch. She took a deep breath and then let out a sharp scream. Come and get me! she bellowed. Yeah, you! Over by the street! Don't tell me you don't want a piece of this! The zombies in the street perked up and moaned, immediately moving in her direction. That's it! she yelled as they grew closer. Come and get me! As they stumbled towards her, she backed into the house, leaving the door open. Once inside, she moved to the back of the house, still yelling and whistling as loudly as she could. She kept an eye on the backyard, making sure it remained empty despite the noise. She quickly whirled around when she heard the first zombie enter the house. She let out a few more yells and taunts before stepping onto the back patio, still hollering. As the lead zombie reached the patio door, she slid it shut, trapping the ghouls inside. Watts turned and spotted a zombie coming around the side of the house, so she stepped over and swung the club, hitting it in the side of the head and dropping it. The head of the club flew off with a crack and she groaned, but then held up the newly sharp tip. Not ideal, she muttered, but still could be useful. Watts moved over a couple of houses, staying in the backyards and checking for zombies around every corner. As she looked to the road, she saw it was mostly clear of zombies as they moved towards the house. Finally, she made it across the street from the house with the car, moving up to the corner of the building. She glanced down the street to see most of the zombies still focused on trying to get into the diversion house. There were only a few ghouls within twenty yards of her target, and she took a deep breath. Come on, leg. She didn't wait any longer, and hobbled towards the house, taking care to walk as softly as she could on the pavement. Much to her surprise, she made it across without attracting any attention. She walked around to the back, wanting to stay out of sight as much as she could. The back door was ajar, which caused her some concern. She readied her golf club spike and quietly pushed inside. The kitchen was very dark across from the front room, which had blackout curtains. She moved into the living room and a set of bloodied hands reached out to grab her by the collar. Watts pulled back, but the creature's grip remained strong. They tumbled into the kitchen, the ghoul pinning her against the wall. She pushed against its chest with the spike, unable to maneuver it to be useful in such close quarters. She reached for her knife with the other hand as another zombie staggered from the back hallway moaning loudly with excitement. She quickly abandoned her plan for the knife and readied the club, pushing against her current attacker with her hand. When the new zombie came within range, she thrust forward with the spike, getting it through the eye and dropping it. She dropped the spike and grabbed her knife, slamming the blade into the ghoul's temple and shoving the corpse aside. With both enemies down, she shuffled back over to the kitchen door and shut it, turning the deadbolt. She hissed as she knelt down to pick up the spike, but there was another weak point in the shaft, so she decided to leave it, tightening her grip on her knife. She took a quick breather before looking at her watch. Forty-five minutes to go. She took a deep breath and hobbled into the living room, looking at every wall and table, hoping to find the keys to the clunker outside. She tore back into the kitchen as fast as she could, and relief washed over her at the sight of a set of keys hanging by the door. All right. I'm in business, she said, 
and snatched the key ring from the hook, wincing at the pain in her shoulder. Watts hobbled to the front door, peering through the window to see that the coast was clear. She didn't waste any time rushing outside and over to the car, unlocking it and hopping in. She put the keys in the ignition and paused. Oh, please, sweet baby Jesus, she prayed. Let this thing start up. She squeezed her eyes shut and turned the key. The car struggled to start up, revving several times but refusing to turn over. Come on, come on, she urged, trying again and hitting the gas pedal a few times, hoping that would do the trick. The car finally turned over, but struggled to stay running. She hit the gas a couple more times, revving the engine up further, and finally it hummed steadily. Got it, she cried, and threw the car into drive, tearing out of the driveway. She headed east, past a cluster of zombies that had approached the noise, and left them in the dust. The road went on for nearly a mile, with only a handful of ghouls in her direct path, but lots of them stretched down side streets and into yards. She reached the end of the road, forced to make a left before turning to the right to continue in the proper direction. Another mile later she knew she was close to the destination with time to spare, just over a half hour on the clock. On the right side of the road was a big sign boasting, Stream High School, next right. Gonna make it, she cried, smacking the steering wheel. I'm gonna make it. Watts took the next right and then slammed on the brakes, her heart sinking. There was a wall of zombies ahead, easily in the dozens, but probably in the hundreds. She rested her forehead on the steering wheel. So close, yet so far away, she groaned, shaking her head back and forth. She sat back against the headrest, staring daggers at the wall of rotted flesh. She contemplated ramming through them, but knew that she would more than likely get stuck in the center of the mob. Reluctantly, she put the car in reverse, doing a three-point turn to head back to the previous road. She looked down it, seeing another impressive collection of ghouls. Two roads back, she found a road that looked passable. She made the turn and picked up some speed, smacking a few zombies as she wove in and around clusters of monsters. As she travelled several more blocks, she continually looked down the side streets in hopes of finding the school, but all she could see were zombies packed shoulder to shoulder. Hope drained out of her at an alarming rate, especially after she spotted the high school proper. Throngs of ghouls surrounded the building, bleeding out onto the road. What if they see that and don't come? She babbled to herself, panic rising in her throat. Can this car even make it to Redmond? Or Totem Lake? She hit the gas, moving forward to the intersection, and seeing that the zombies were a little more thinned out. Okay, might be clearing out. When she reached the next intersection, there was a smattering of creatures, but then another noise, like music to her ears. Machine gun fire popped in the distance, which drew the attention of the ghouls ahead. They started walking away from the school, and Watts's heart soared. The rescue team, she cried, and waited for them to appear in the intersection. Moments passed, and nobody came. Her heart rate doubled, pounding harder and harder, and then the gunfire ceased. No, 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 she moaned, and slammed on the accelerator tearing up the road towards the main one before doing a hard right turn. She could see the rescue transport about five blocks up, starting to drive away. 
Her eyes watered at the hundreds of zombies between her and her rescue. I'm here! I'm here! She screamed and laid on the horn as she punched the gas again, driving as fast as she could towards them. She wove around zombies when she could, but soon it got too thick for her to avoid them. Corpses smacked against the front of the car, several flipping right over the vehicle, slamming into the windshield and creating multiple shatter points. There was so much blood that she could barely see, especially with the spider web of glass zigzagging across. But she pressed on, flooring it and continuing to honk the horn over and over again. All she could see was blood and zombies, crimson and grey. She couldn't pick up any speed, as she hit a thick wall of ghouls, pushing through several layers of bodies. The car bounced up and down as she rolled over them, the engine straining as it climbed. She managed to push through the bulk, a little bit of daylight peeking through as the car gave out. No, no, come on, she yelled. Please start back up. She tried to restart the stalled vehicle, but it was to no avail. Soon even the starter didn't make a sound, just an empty dull click, like a nail in a coffin. Watts sat in despair, the little bit of light through the blood growing dimmer as zombies converged on the car, pounding at all sides. Just rotted, putrid bodies smacking against what had quickly become her mausoleum. Her heart sank. This was the end. Well, Janie, you gave it a heck of a go, she said hoarsely, swiping at her eyes. You made it a lot further than you thought you would, and you gave it your all. Can't do anything more. Her leg throbbed. Her shoulder ached. Her body slumped against the seat as if all of the exhaustion of the day suddenly caught up with her. All she could do was await her fate now. She looked down at her handgun. She didn't want to be a zombie. Though with a horde this size, there wouldn't be much of her left to become anything. At least they'd chew her up enough that she couldn't be a runner, putting people in danger. She fingered the butt of the gun, but didn't pull it out of its holster. A bullet to the brain would be far preferable to getting torn apart by hungry corpses. She shuddered as she imagined what that would feel like. Putrid, nasty, rotten teeth tearing at her flesh. She thought of Larry, covered in zombie bites, leaning against the wall of that tiny office, telling her to look away so that she wouldn't have to watch him kill himself. How nice he was how he'd saved her life, how he'd pushed on even though he was doomed to die. She thought of his blood splattered across the wall, blood pooling beneath his limp body, and then she realized she'd unholstered her gun. She looked down at it, in her hand, her small but strong hand. Could she do it? This isn't how I thought I'd go out, she murmured, echoing Larry's sentiment before he died. Nobody ever thought they'd have to kill themselves to avoid getting eaten by undead humans. She raised the gun. Her hand shook as she put the barrel to her temple. She thought of her family, her friends, her unit. She closed her eyes. Gunshots suddenly peppered the air, muffled through the horde, and zombies suddenly started to drop. Watts blinked at the windshield almost in a daze as someone leapt up onto the hood of the car, driving a crowbar through the glass and jerking it out. The entire front glass came off in a single piece and a soldier tossed it aside into the horde. Watts stared up at him dumbly, unable to believe someone was standing there, 
reaching in to rescue her. We have to go now, the soldier cried, snapping her back into reality. Watts clambered out of the opening, taking his arm. It felt like a million years since another living being had touched her, and the contact gave her a surge of adrenaline she hadn't thought possible. To either side were two troops each, laying down suppressing fire. The soldier helped her down from the hood. Can you walk? he asked. She nodded jerkily, putting her weight on her good leg. I'll manage. We're moving, he barked and motioned for her to stay close as the group backed up, covering the rear as they moved to the armoured vehicle. When they reached the truck, the soldier helped Watts into the front passenger seat, slamming the door. Her mind reeled as the soldiers all jumped in, unable to believe that just seconds ago she'd written off her life as over. Let's roll, the soldier barked, and they took off the vehicle picking up speed quickly down the road to Totem Lake. One of the passengers in the back reached forward, grabbing a radio from the front. Captain O'Neill, we have the package, he said. Returning to base. Good job, came the reply. Put her on, please. The soldier held out the radio to Watts, and she took it with a shaking hand. Thank you, Captain, she said, voice thick with emotion. You did good, Private, O'Neill replied. Even made it early. I'm impressed. She let out an exasperated laugh, rubbing her forehead. My mother always taught me that if you aren't fifteen minutes early, then you're late, she said. Sounds like a wise woman, the captain said, chuckling. Now you take it easy. I'll come check up on you in the med bay when I get a chance. Thank you, captain, Watts repeated, swallowing hard. So much. The line went dead, and she set down the receiver leaning her head back against the headrest and closing her eyes. After a moment she opened them, rubbing her knee as she looked out the window, staring at street after street of zombies and devastation. Her chest swelled, images flooding her of her dead unit members, of the soldier who'd saved her life in the store, all the pain and suffering she'd had to endure just to make it to this moment. Watts burst into tears, unable to control herself any more. The rest of the soldiers stayed quiet, letting her grieve and deal with the day she'd just been through. One of them reached forward, patting her on the shoulder, and she turned to look at him, cheeks shining with tears. He smiled and held out a bottle of water. Drink it up, it'll help. She blinked rapidly, unable to stop a wet laugh from bubbling out of her throat. I think the only drink that will help me will need to be a little stronger than this. The soldier snorted prompting a ripple of laughter from the rest of the crew. He reached into his pocket and pulled out a flask, holding that out instead. Let's test that theory, he said. She flashed him a genuine smile, and then took a long sip. She passed it back, relishing in the burning in her throat, the fact that she was still alive to feel such a thing. She took a deep breath and closed her eyes in an attempt to shut out everything. Watts had survived the day, but the day would never leave her. The End Up next, as the Eastern Force pushes towards downtown Seattle, a major threat emerges from the South in Seattle Part 6. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.